You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says on the start, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we will go over the uh, Indians versus Reds game today. We will ask the question, are the Indians going to ever play another game that doesn't go into extra innings? For the second half of the show, we'll look at the Lynchburg roster. Um, with the draft, we kind of got away from the minors for time, so we'll dive into that. And before we dive into Lynchburg, we're first going to Mahoning Valley's roster has been released, and is a really interesting group of players to look at. Um, instantly rises cream of the crop, the most interesting roster in the Indians minor league system. So we will get to that in the second half and uh, definitely stay tuned and listen for that. I want to remind everyone to subscribe on the Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes. That is all super important. So let's get into today's game. The Cleveland Indians uh, struggled offensively in this one. Uh, Going into extras, they had had four hits in the first nine innings. Their only run came via Carlos Santana's 13th home run of the year. Now, I had mentioned on yesterday's show that Luis Castilla is really good, and he didn't disappoint. He came out and pitched exceptionally well. I talked about the depth in their bullpen, uh, Michael Lorenzen. Uh, David Hernandez has not been one of their stronger guys this year, but he was effective tonight. And then the normally nails closer, uh, Raziel Iglesias, uh, the Indians were lucky enough to get to him in the ninth. And what a, what an impact Oscar Mercado has made. Uh, you know, obviously he, he has the walk-off single here. But uh, just in general, um, his addition and how well he has played since he's called up. He's played better than I thought. Like, I thought, you know, I, I always like to temper expectations. Um, but I thought, you know, this is a guy who's like, a league average bat, but he's been a little bit better than that. So we'll see how it continues to go. Um, you know, his best tool has always been his, uh, his more his defense than his offensive side of things. And I mean, I, I'll be on record. I hated that trade when it happened because I was a big Connor Capel fan. And I thought uh, Torres, who they gave up, was a really high ceiling player. But here we are a year later, and I was a moron. I was, you know, one of those great under-the-radar deals. You wish they had uh, kept the Cardinals' name in their back pocket, though. So when the Cardinals decided to move Tommy Fan, the uh, the Indians could have jumped on that. I still, I'm going to be harping on that one until like, till Tommy Fan retires. I, I mean, the absolute uh, heist that Tampa Bay got in that one, it still boggles my mind. But still, Mercado, uh, Lindor with a pair of doubles, Nakon with a double as well. Bama lineup, uh, Ramirez, Bowers, Perez, Freeman, Martin, not really much from uh, from that group at all. It is interesting. We are seeing a bit more Freeman, a little less of Kipnis. Kipnis has been the Indians' worst hitter this year. Um, I just I don't know what to, to say about Ramirez. Bowers has really been sliding of late. Um, a year ago, he started off absolutely on fire for Tampa, and then... Uh, turned ice cold we didn't get him starting off on fire but he has been uh ice cold he's you know there, there's the good the bad and the indifferent and he is he's starting to move from the indifferent to the bad so it's something to track this year and to see how that's going now there again there wasn't much with the indians hitters you know santana's home run is big mercado coming through lindor 
the it's the three names you expect to hear at this point, along with Perez, and if it's a lefty, Jordan Luplo. You go into the pen, and Bauer pitched well. Um, no home runs given up, which is a nice thing to see for him. He had been uh, given he had given up so many long balls this year, so the the no home runs is nice. Now I will also counter that by saying that uh, Cincinnati's offense is, as I've stated many times yesterday, is weirdly bad this year. Uh, still, some his control and command isn't where it was a year ago. We're still seeing the wild pitches, the high walk rate. His uh, strikeout rate is not as high. He's he's not quite as effective, but he had points in this game where uh, where he looked like Trevor Bauer from a year ago, and that's what you want to see. Oliver Perez came in and uh, you know faced the one guy he's supposed to face and uh, gave up a hit. He's a a player to to look at and consider just because of the his cost on a team that's. Uh, pinching all the pennies pennies they can this year. Oliver Perez was a, a player they re-signed and he uh you know he was super effective last year and he has been up and down this year. But uh you know a year ago if you forgot 1.74 ERA, 12 strikeouts per 9, 1.9 walks per 9, 0.3 um home runs per 9. Now the walk rate is actually lower and the strikeout rate's almost on par. That home run rate has jumped, and his hit rate a year ago was under five, and this year it's almost nine. So again, that's what's jumped. He's getting hit a lot more, and I just bring this up with him, and I brought up the penny pinching because the Indians. This is him and Neil Ramirez. This is where the Indians decided to uh, to invest the the little bit of money they had, and you know they're paying him two point seven five million dollars, and if he gets to 55 games pitched, he'll vest for next year at the same amount. If he gets to 60, he'll vest at uh, at $3 million for next year. And he's already 37, and he's already up to 28 games. So he's he's well on his way to, to that vesting option, which has not been effective, consistently effective. He's had good stretches. He's had bad stretches. But we're not seeing any consistency. But uh, Tito keeps using him, and he's... Um, the results just aren't there. Nick Wetgren comes in, faces one, is effective. Brad Hand, two innings, just continues to be, performance-wise, one of the top relievers in all of baseball this year. Unbelievable uh, performance by him. He picks up the win. Uh, his ERA is under one now. Uh, give him a hand. There's my bad pun of the day. But uh, another win for the Indians, which is exactly what you want to see um the reds are they're not as bad as the american league teams are going to face but the reds still are a team that are at the bottom of their division uh castillo was the is a all-star level pitcher for them so it gets significantly easier with tomorrow's matchup with the starter there uh cincinnati is putting forward so if i was to pick a game that they were going to lose in the series it would have been today due to castillo they ended up pulling out the win, so tomorrow I think they should get the sweep. That's uh, that is my view on how this should continue on. Uh, sorry, that's my phone in the background, but uh, it is time for our sponsors. Hotels.com. Uh, it's a site I've used before. I know they have an app now. I have not used the app in full uh, disclosure, but I've always enjoyed the site because it saves me time, and I'm lazy, and it saves me money, and that's good. And their whole model is, you know. If they keep saving me time and saving me money, I keep going back. 
Uh, if they're not doing that, I don't go back and then they don't find success. So the fact that it feels like a decade now I've been using their service successfully. So I would recommend it. It is a strong service. It is a good service. It saves you time. It saves you money. Um, occasionally you find things that you would have never found without them. So hotels.com. Other sponsor, bluechew.com. Uh, uh, what can you get for five bucks these days? Uh, you know, a, a grande drink at Starbucks. Uh, you can get five items from Target's one spot or a uh, one th- bigger item and two smaller ones. Uh, as a teacher, I go there to stock up my treasure box, so I'm quite familiar with it. But there's not a lot you can get at the end of the day. So what I'm telling you is if you've ever been curious about the little blue pill or you just want to, you know, give it a, a, a whirl, or if you're someone who does use such things and you're uh, more consistently and you're just like, oh, well, let's see what this one can do. You know, it's always good to try different things and see what works best for you. All it's going to cost you is $5. That's the shipping cost. You go over to bluechew.com, you know, the promo code MLB, and they're going to ship it off discreetly. You'll get it. No one's going to know what it is but you. And uh, you'll have a, a chewable little blue pill. And since it's chewable, it's quicker into your bloodstream. That's why they make Tylenol chewable. And uh, yeah, so bluechew.com, promo code MLB. Five bucks, discreet, cheap. Uh, you're just paying for that shipping. It's a great deal. Try it out. So as I promised, um, you know, pre the very tease at the beginning of the show, we're going to talk about Mahoning Valley to start here because their roster is incredibly interesting. Um, it's one of those that you can pull out names from just about any spot and be like, wow, oh, and him, and him, and him. So let's start off when you look at the pitching. Um, the name most people will probably gravitate to is Ethan Hankins, the uh, the second of three first-rounders from a year ago. Hankins, at one point in time, was uh, talked about as a possible number one overall candidate. Uh, the spring was not kind to him. He didn't look all that great when Indians drafted him, but there are a lot of tools there. There's also a lot of risk, and I'll be the first, you know, that with – and the Indians have struggled with prep arms. I brought this up on another podcast that someone had me on. Since the Cleveland Indians, um, they've used a lot of high picks on prep arms. The last prep arm to pitch three or more seasons um, after being drafted in the majors. You might get there with Justice Sheffield. And they actually, I, he got a few games in in double A, I want to say, with the Indians. Um, before that, you have to go to Chris Archer, who I don't even think reached high A before the Indians traded him away. And if you go beyond either of those two, you have to go back to C.C. Sabathia for the last time. The Indians successfully drafted and developed a high school arm who uh, found success as a starter in the big leagues. That's that's it's They have thrown a lot of darts, and they are not hitting the board. But Hankins is a high-ceiling pitcher. He gives them uh, that opportunity. It's, you know, any prep arm, there's a lot of inherent risk. Um, you know, the, the other prep arm in that class, Lenny Torres, already hurt. Uh, Hankins had some uh, some arm issues, though it didn't lead to surgery in his senior year. It's the other reason he slid. But, you know, he is there. He's going to jump out on uh, paper to most people. Matt Turner was a guy they gave a lot of money to as an 11th round pick. Now, if you don't know the draft super well, the 11th round is often uh, you get better players in the 11th round than you do in, say, the 7th because teams target specific guys, and it's the start of day three. So you know how much money you have saved. 
you know what you can throw at players, so you have that money banked, and you're going to go try and get someone that you view highly who's still on the board. For the Indians, that was Matt Turner a few years ago, a lefty. Uh, could be a back-end left-hander. You know, certainly an interesting player. Those 11th-round guys are never throwaways. Those are guys you always need to pay attention to. Carlos Vargas is... Uh, he could end up being the best pitcher in this group. Um, the early reports on him have been extremely glowing. He is, uh, you know, there's a lot of potential in him. He's another guy who could be a potential frontline starter along with Hankins. Those guys, those three arms stood out for me. Um, Jean-Avert Gutierrez, uh, is a, being six foot five is an interesting arm. And then the, some of the draft picks from a year ago, like, uh, Tim Heron, the lefty, uh, Brian Eichhorn, who was also a top 10 pick from last year's draft, top 10 round, I should say, selection from last year's draft. And um, Liam Jenkins, who is uh, a behemoth, 6'8", uh, was at Louisville, didn't pitch a lot. Some control issues, lots of control issues, not some, really big control issues. Big fastball, really raw, uh, bullpen all the way. He uh, walked 16 batters last year in 22 innings as a college player in Arizona. Normally we see them dominate. There's a reason why you get a 6'8 guy who can get the velocity he can that late in the draft, and it's because of his uh, issues making contact. So he's he's going to be an interesting guy to watch as they continue to, to develop that. You look at the uh, the offensive side of things, he started catcher. Uh, Byron Lavastida was a, a Day three guy they gave a lot of money to last year, more above slot, I believe, um, like 20K above slot. But anyone they go above slot for, that's something you got to pay attention to. Uh, more of an offensive-minded guy, Eric uh, Rodriguez, another offensive-minded guy. The infield, uh, you know, Michael Cooper's a big guy, good defender at first. I think they're going to try him at third. Henderson Del Odo is a big power bat. But the uh, the interesting, Reynald Delgado and Brian uh, Rocasio, uh, I, I know that's not how it's pronounced. I'm butchering it. But those two guys, um, Delgado was one of my favorite draft picks from a year ago. He was the f- fifth round, maybe, sixth round. But he was one of those guys he just hit. Everywhere he went, he hit, he hit, he hit. He's listed as a shortstop. I think he'll probably play second base. That's where most projected him. He was one of those guys who was like in the top 15 range of the Indians for most people. I think in some places, back end of the top 10. Really interesting bat. Um, Rocoyo is one of those big-time Latin players that we have not seen out of Arizona yet. Um, big money, very well thought of. This is kind of his first chance to uh to get out of the arizona uh and play but there's a lot of people who view him as one of the indians top 10 prospects at this point um then we go to the outfield Corey holland who was uh their biggest day three signing from a year ago his dad was a hitting instructor he's a, a really good athlete um with the money they gave him undoubtedly he should be playing every day in that outfield Jonathan Rodriguez was uh, one of the youngest players two years ago they drafted with massive tools, um, lots of power potential. Uh, Billy Wilson played a really good outfield a year ago. In the minors, a draft pick from a year ago. Uh, Cody Farhat was another one of those players from a year ago that they drafted, save with Pedro Alfonseca. But the two guys I also really need to spend a little time on, George Valera, who some people look at as the 
you know, potentially the best hitter in the Indians minor leagues right now. Uh, I'll be curious to see how much time he spends in a corner outfield spot and how much time he spends at DH because defense is definitely a weakness for him. But uh, for the, it's one of those guys that could really helium up uh, some boards. He's a top 10 most places. Um, but, uh, yeah, this will be his first opportunity. We'll see where he goes. And the other guy I think is Jonathan Engelman, who was a really athletic kid, went to University of Michigan, started to figure things out as a junior, um, played really well last year in the, the minors, really good athlete, one of those guys who could end up being a day three steal just because he a uh, cold weather kid went to a cold weather school in a lesser conference. The big 10 in baseball is a lesser conference. It is not one of the top, you know, there's a clearly a, a top four. There's a big four conferences in college baseball. So, and the big 10 is not one of them. It's a sec big 12 ACC PAC 12. And that's how I would order them um, in terms of what we see with uh, competition. But just an interesting name to know, uh, not your typical day three uh, college junior. So that, I mean, that roster, you can uh, you can put a potential top 20 prospect, top 30 prospect at almost every position. It's, it's a really loaded group, and that's going to be a team that is really interesting to watch. Um, again, that's, that is the most interesting team right now the Indians have in their minors. I don't have time for a full dive into Lynchburg, so I'll save some of that for tomorrow. But I think it is worth pointing out, just as I was looking at the roster today, what I have seen. Um, if you remember, after the first few weeks of the year, we were talking up uh, Steve Kwan, and you know he's this interesting guy. They pushed into high A, came from a top program, undersized. Well, he's uh, he has completely fallen apart since then. Uh, he's turned into a below-average hitter. It's it's not there for him so much, and uh, it's it's been a little bit unfortunate to see. Uh, Luke Wakamatsu, who's one of those, he was a day three pick uh, a few years ago. Uh, fun fact: in that class, the Indians were trying to sign a pair of prep shortstops. Um, Luke Wakamatsu was the one that I thought would be the harder sign, and they ended up signing him, and I was kind of shocked and impressed. The one they got away was uh, this undersized kid from Elk Grove. I mean, he had a good hit tool, but I wasn't sure. He was just so small. Um, it was Nick Madrigal. <laughs> um, so I was quite wrong there, but I mean, I think at the time, everyone had a higher grade on Wakamatsu just because of size differential. Wakamatsu at this point just looks like he's going to be one of those career uh, minor league players, uh, and Madrigal is uh, getting promoted quite quickly with the White Sox. So um, it doesn't always work out the way you think. But in terms of positive stuff, I really have to say um, Nolan Jones, man, uh, he's starting. To, it took him a while. He didn't have uh, any home runs, but he's up to five now. He's been uh, he's still he's walking over twenty percent of the time. Yes, he's striking out twenty three percent of the time. But the three outcomes potential with him and just the offensive profile, he makes, he does, in spite of the high uh, strikeout total, he does make really good contact. I mean, that bat is legit. It's going to be, it's one of the better bats to go through the Indian system in a while. It is probably the best bat to go through the minors since Clint Frazier. Um, that it just, in terms of, I'm trying to think of guys, I mean, maybe Yandy Diaz I was high on, but I, he didn't have that power potential. He's a very different hitter. Um, but in the last five years of me spending time in double A and high A or not high, low A places like that, mostly double A though, uh, you know, there were certain players that, uh, that stand out and I'm, I, 
I'm unfortunately uh, moving from the Ohio area in the next few months or in the next few weeks, I should say. So I won't be uh, I won't get a chance to see Nolan Jones if he when he makes his to Akron this year. But at his age, his consistent production, the hit tool, the power production, the walk rate, it you should be excited for Nolan Jones. Like legitimately excited. He is head and shoulders above anyone else in the Indians minor leagues right now. And it's not even a close uh, comparison. It's going to be really interesting to see. And I still have no idea what to make of Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, you know, another high production outfielder. Uh, I, he's up to four walks, uh, you know, setting that league record for the longest it took for a hitter to, to get there. He's, he's striking out 19% of the time, walking under at 1.7% of the time. And yet he is still batting 336. With that high bat pip, which shows a guy who makes quality contact, I mean, I I don't know how it's going to work eventually. I'll be very curious when he gets his call up to double A. I don't know what to make of him, but I'm going to enjoy his uh, performance until he gets there. But both him and Nolan Jones at five or second on the uh, Lynchburg team behind Jod Carter, who I believe is all five foot eight, uh, an outfielder uh, who I think has been moved up to double a by now has he not uh if no he was in double a last year that's why i was thinking of him uh when i saw him there but yeah it's uh nolan jones legitimately get excited for him uh maybe a year and a half out it's uh we'll see what the plan is with him but uh yeah he's uh he just gets better and better i want to thank everyone for listening for using the himalaya app that's you know it's one of our great we have a deal with them so everyone who uses it it's awesome and i'm an old stick in the mud i have not used it yet i have my own uh podcasting apps i've been using for years it's hard to adjust but uh someone like uh, my good friend taylor blake ward who is younger than me and better at adjusting to things he loves it he says it's great and i'll believe taylor on anything He's over there on Locked On Angels. If you ever wanted to uh, hear someone talk about some awesome uh, takes on the Angels, some inside conversations and such. But thank you for listening on the Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes. All of that is awesome. Subscribing, reviewing, I appreciate it. And as always, go tribe.